plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. Welcome to our party. This is an informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and it is the Empowerment Channel. And this program is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, a 501c3 to empower women, families, and youth, and help everyone seed and stimulate and support space for positive, meaningful conversations and dialogue. So we hope that that will happen for you today as well. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. You can visit Be The Star You Are at bethestaryouare.org. And I don't know who wrote it because the source is unknown, but I do love it. I don't have time to worry about people who don't like me. I am too busy loving the people who love me. And that's going to kind of lead us into our show today. Uh, In segment two, we are going to be talking about how some people are addicted to love with author Sherry Gabba, Gabba. Uh, Her book is Love Smacked, and it addresses relationship addiction and codependency. In segment three, I'm really excited because um, we will have one of our Be The Star You Are volunteers and teens, uh, Ruhani Shabra, who has just recently uh, been awarded uh, a New York Times essay award. uh, There were eight people chosen out of 11,000 entries. And uh, she's going to be reading her winning entry. But more than that, she's also going to talk about writing and her love of writing. And she's going to be introducing a, a, a new free workshop that is going to be through Be The Star You Are that is going to be writing for... The, you know, like writing, well, I'm not going to even tell you the name of it because I want her to be able to announce it, but it's going to be really fun and it'll be a free workshop for middle school kids. So you need to stay tuned so you'll be able to find out everything about what is going on. But right now I want to talk about um, how to train yourself to be a little bit more organized. Are you conscientious? Because research indicates that being responsible and keeping your life neat and clean has actually big benefits, including reducing stress and cortisol levels and inflammation. So the bottom line is that we all need to tidy up. I'm sure that at some point you've probably tripped over some tennis shoes or somebody's shoes. I know (laughs) my husband is, we don't wear shoes in the house, but He tends to take his shoes off and then leave them in different places. And if you don't turn on the lights, you you could trip over them. And that's not a good thing. But research shows that if we do keep our things tidy, it affects our physical well-being, 
far beyond just preventing us from tripping over things or having an injury because it's being conscientious. That is a personal personality trait that organized, responsible people typically possess. And as I said, it is linked to lower levels of inflammation, uh, less risk of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, and actually greater longevity. And it is a trait that we can learn, and it's definitely good for you because it is kind of like having uh, you know, it's like an elixir that would be in a bottle, but it's in your person once you learn how to be conscientious. So although conscientiousness may not sound exciting, you know, organizing your desk, getting to your appointments on time, double checking your work, dusting even the hard to reach places. I mean, when you dust your house, do you just go around things or do you take off the items that are on the table and dust under them? That's what's being conscientious. You have to really, you go the extra mile. I mean, the other day I was um, in my, one of my drawers in my main desk here, you know, the drawer that you pull out that you will have your pencils and your uh, pens and your scissors and uh, just the things that you really need all the time in there. And I, it just didn't look organized. So I took the whole drawer out. It only took me about 15 minutes to wipe everything down, you know, to clean it all out, put everything back and get rid of anything in you know, like little pieces of paper that had fallen in or whatever. And it's just, it's amazing how much better I felt immediately. And it's now kind of a pleasure to open the drawer. I'm opening it now as I'm talking to you and look at how everything is in its place. I put little boxes in there, kind of a, a Marie Kondo kind of thing. And um, it just, it really does, it really does work. So um, I really think that the health effects are anything but dull. They're, they're exciting. Now, studies reveal that being highly meticulous can lower your mortality risk by 35%. And that's even more than the Mediterranean diet. So conscientious people tend to be at a healthier weight. They tend to walk faster. They have stronger lung function a stronger grip, and they are just in general in better health than people who are messy. They also have a lower risk of developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease and are 20% less likely to get headaches. Now, this is all according to research. And also what other research shows is that if you had these qualities as a child, that can lead to better health up to 40 years down the road. So you know, that's something that if you're a parent, you really want to teach your kids. I know for me, I happen to be, I, I believe that I am one of these conscientious people. I am not late for anything. I show up on time. I, I'm a list maker. I do what I say I'm going to do. And I, I am actually a perpetual cleaner because I cannot actually start my day unless my rooms are clean, you know, the bed is made, all of those things. So but that's something as a parent, I think that we have to learn as children, or at least as if you are a parent now, learn to teach your kids to make their beds when they get up, to pick up their clothes, to, you know, put clothes in the laundry or actually to do their own wash, to take their plates from the dinner table. And if you if they don't help you wash the dishes, to rinse them and put them in the dishwasher. All of those things help be 
conscientiousness, and those can improve your health. And um, even if you are kind of a scatterbrain, you can learn how to be more conscientious. So I think that is a, that's really important. So um, conscientious people tend to make smarter choices, like they'll eat a more balanced diet. They might exercise more regularly. And a big one is they will follow medical advice. They're more likely to form stable friendships, to wear seat belts, uh, not to mention abstaining from fist fights. And actually, this is another thing of, of the research. It says that people who are conscientious avoid fist fights. So I think that is a good, uh, good thing. Now, but having these kind of health behaviors isn't the whole answer because fastidious people also have a better relationship with stress. They will thrive when their lives feel controlled and stable, like structured days, routines, you know, relatively predictable future. And that also leads to less conflict. So fewer stressors in general, which is healthier. Um, and that's, that's definitely important. But science also reveals that people who are good at meeting deadlines and maintaining tidy surroundings can have lower levels of the stress hormone cortisol. And as we know, cortisol is linked to so many afflictions from diabetes to cancer to heart disease. So when hardships do happen, neat freaks tend to cope better. Studies, again, show that focus on problem solving and cognitive restructuring, and that is changing your negative thoughts into more balanced, positive ones. Um, also, they're more likely to seek help. You know, and that's an interesting thing because seeking help is always a, a tough one. And I do, you know, I actually, um, it depends what it is, uh, but I, my, my uh, printer just went out this past week. I've had it for about five years and I went to turn it on last week and it, I, right at a time I had to sign a contract and scan it. And of course the printer didn't work. So I had to order a new one, had it delivered. It, it came uh, today and it took me several hours this morning to get it up and running. And I literally had to call tech support to get it up and running because the instructions, I don't know what language they're written in and they were diagrams that didn't make any sense. <laughs> so I, you know, I was proud of myself that I called for help. However, it was like two hours on tech support. The good news is it's now running. So I will add one other thing to conscientious uh, people. And that is they tend to be, have more patience not that they want to be patient, but they tend to have more patience. Now, inflammation can also uh, play a role, perhaps, in the fact that if people are messier, because maybe they're not feeling as good. So regardless of whatever health habits that you have, like diet and exercise, you want to be able to lower your levels of cortisol, and just like stress, chronic, chronic inflammation can lead to conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and other things. So if being neat and being um, organized is going to keep those things at bay, why wouldn't you want to do it? I think that would be a really a, a smart thing to try to be it. Now, you don't have to be uh, a Marie Kondo, you don't have to go to, you know, that level, 
I do like the idea. Does it spark joy? But it's interesting. When I tried to uh, Marie Kondo one of my drawers, I realized that everything I have sparks joy. So I really couldn't get rid of anything. I just had to reorganize it. So if you're like me and what you do have sparks joy, or you're the kind of person that you think, well, I can't use that right now, but I can probably use it another day. Just find a good spot for it and just make sure that you can keep everything in its place. Now, if it does sound appealing to you and you are kind of a slob and you would like to get more organized, I suggest that you just start by breaking your tasks down into bite-sized chunks that you can work on every day. Like I said, let's say I'm looking at, I have a rather large desk that um, I actually designed and, and had built. But, you know, the desk has three big drawers on the right. Then it has one really big uh, pen, pencil, organizing drawer, and then other shelves on it, and then a place for the computer and things. But instead of trying to tackle the whole desk at one time, just do one drawer at a time. And that, I think, will make it easier for you because you can swallow that. So kind of think of it like training for a race or, you know, giving up a bad habit that you might. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes one day at a time. So, you know, just organize things as you can, whatever it is. If you're going to organize your phone, Maybe if you're um, driving and you're in the passenger seat and you're driving somewhere that you don't have to help the, whoever is driving, maybe, you know, organize your phone at that time and look through emails and delete things. Just try to get organized. And the payoff is going to be worth it. Not only could you reap the benefits, as I said earlier, of lower inflammation and lower cortisol levels. But you might find it easier to have a healthier lifestyle. You'll stop tripping over shoes or other clothes. You'll be able to find things when you need them. If you file instead of pile, you're going to find that your, your office and any of your paperwork will be much more organized. So, you know, once people start focusing on neatness and organization, they tend to pick up healthier behaviors. They'll eat better, they'll exercise more, and as a side effect, your house may look a little bit nicer and it won't threaten your safety. So give it a shot. Try to just clean up, try to get uh, more organized, and just be conscientious and uh, do it, you know, one step at a time. And I think you'll be happy. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we are going to talk to the licensed psychotherapist and life coach, Sherry Gaba. And her book is called Love Smacked. And it is all about being addicted to love. So don't go away. And we'll see. Hopefully, you're not one of those people. But if you are, she'll have some answers for you. I'll be right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times best-selling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. 
Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business well, we are back. I am Cynthia me. Bryan. Thanks for staying with us. And this is going to be a very enlightening segment for everyone who has ever been in love or who wants to be in love, and especially with Valentine's Day coming up here. Uh, we have to find out if you are love smacked. My guest is Sherry Gaba, and she's a licensed psychotherapist, life coach. She helps people cope with codependency and love addiction, toxic relationships, and of course, some mental health issues. She is a single mom and a single grandmom, and she actually returned to get her master's of social work from uh, USC, University of Southern California, after her daughter was old enough. She is the author of the new book, Love Smacked, and I am so happy to welcome you to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Sherry. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for all the work you are doing in the world. It's fantastic, and I'm well, so honored you. to be here. Well, first of all, I want to uh, wish you a, a happy birthday coming up in not too long. I, I, was, I read oh. your book, a Love Smacked, and I realized that, um, that you are a Pisces, just on the other side of Aquarius. So it sounds uh-huh. like, you, yes, yes. You're right. Yes. And you're, so I want to, we're going to talk about, uh, I want to find out and for our listeners too, of actually how you got into this whole love addiction, because I'm telling you your introduction, when you're talking about your four marriages and some of them only lasting a few months, you know, long and having grown up 
and when your dad died and how it affected you. And you were just addicted to guys, it seemed, with a New York accent who smelled good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Cynthia. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, you know, I didn't really use my brain a whole lot. I would, you know, but I want to say right off the bat, anybody that's had multiple marriages, multiple relationships, do not feel ashamed. Do not blame, you know, yourself. There are reasons for it. And, you know, my reasons were quite deep. It had to do with early trauma, abandonment issues. Sometimes when we grow up in a toxic environment, we end up picking toxic people and we pick people for all the wrong reasons. And we're looking to complete ourselves when, you know, we all know no one else can complete us. So, when you ask about the book and what was the point of the book, and that, that was the point. I want people, I want to take away the shame. I want to eradicate all the shame that people have because they haven't had relationships that might have, that didn't work out. And let's kind of figure out why. Let's kind of peel back the layers and unpack what's, what's going on there. Well, so let's uh, start from the beginning of uh, what is love addiction and what are the signs and symptoms? So love addiction is a process addiction. Think of it as a lifestyle addiction or maybe even a soft addiction. You think of drugs and alcohol, that's a substance addiction. But love addiction is where you are addicted to a mood-altering activity. So you could be addicted to exercise or internet or, you know, texting or Facebook. But in this case, you're addicted to love, you're addicted to romance, you want to fill an empty void inside of you. You don't feel whole within yourself. You don't have a wholehearted feeling about who you are. You want someone else to complete you. You have a fear of being alone. That was my issue. You might have abandonment issues. You need others to fill the empty void, which I think I already said. Um, you look for others for affirmation and worth. Mm -hmm. And the biggest fear of all is abandonment, abandonment. rejection, and you yeah, that's a huge one. And then um, you, you probably have an anxious attachment style. There's a lot of talk out there about different kinds of attachment styles. And it actually has the same withdrawal symptoms that someone would have if they were looking, you know, to get a heroin fix. You're actually, you know, that's how painful it can be. Well, I, I in reading Love Smacked, um, I, I thought when you were walking down the aisle on your wedding day, and a urn or a vase of flowers <laughs> fell on your wedding dress. And you saw that immediately as a sign, but you had like a few hundred people or two or 300 people at your wedding. And you knew you should have, you know, called it off beforehand, but you thought you could make it work. So uh, what I right. heard there is that our inner voice, our gut is really telling us what we need to know, but we're not listening. That's the thing with love addicts, because our, our fear of being alone is so great that even though the truth is this person is not good for us, you know, maybe, the, you know, my last husband in that case was an alcoholic. We don't care. We deny our true, authentic voice because we don't want to be alone. So, yes, when that thing fell on my dress, it was like, oh, yeah, God was speaking to me. Do not do this. Um, and, and I had those signs before. But again, even though you have that intuition, your fear of, of being abandoned or rejected or having to be single again or having to get back on those apps, like, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm going to stay in this toxic situation or I'm going to marry this toxic guy. And, um, you know, we all know that it doesn't, it doesn't work. You're basically settling for less than you're settling for all the wrong reasons. Do you think part of that, um, Cherry, is so many, I, I, at least a lot of people I've talked to, is they have that feeling that they'll be able to change someone, you know? We can never change anybody. We can only change ourselves. I mean, most people know that, but there's a lot of people that still think, oh, you know, once we're together, I'll be able to, 
you know, massage the relationship into what I want. Is that, that is, is that true. a sign of a toxic relationship? Just having that well, you feeling? Do, you, wanna, you do. You want to control and fix that person. And it, it's an actual much deeper issue, which we probably don't have a lot of time to get into, but it's a subconscious need to um, fix what we might not have gotten in, in our childhood. So if we had an emotionally or physically unavailable parent, or we were abused, or we had addict, alcoholic parents, or maybe we had to be a little adult because our parents were emotionally immature, we go out there and we try to find someone who duplicates or replicates that childhood wound, because you're really basing it on a wound, and then you think, if I could just fix this guy on some subconscious level, I can fix that, that wound that I have from early on. And it never works. You want to be a full, wholehearted, mature individual to get into a healthy relationship. Not You want to come from your adult self, not your, your wound. Well, and throughout, throughout Love Smacked, you do talk about um, these wounds that we have in childhood, but are there people that get into toxic relationships that had, you know, positive childhood relationships, or is it usually always coming from childhood? Because you also talk you know, about, you, go back and, go, go you know, ahead. talk to your, talk to the child in you. You know, you're, you're, I love that you asked that question because I, you're right. You could have come from a family where everything was, you know, pretty normal and not dysfunctional. You were nurtured. You got you bonded with your parents in a healthy way. And, yes, you end up bumping into a toxic person and then suddenly find yourself in an addictive relationship. So, absolutely, you can have, you know, a fairly normal childhood and still, you know, end up with a toxic person. You know, you might be somebody who's very empathic, very compassionate, you know, you, you give someone the benefit of the doubt, you know, you absolutely that can happen to anybody. So, but you, but more often than not, it is coming from a wound, but definitely can happen just to anybody really. Well, thanks for clarifying that. Cause you know, that I kept thinking of that while I was reading, cause I know that there was so much talk about getting in touch with your inner child and even going back and taking a, you know, getting a picture of yourself when you were small and, you know, just yeah. kind of nurturing that child in you. You know, we're in the middle of award season. SAG, the SAG Awards are coming up. The Oscars were just announced. How do you think the media and movies and stuff portray obsessive relationships? Do you have examples of well, that? Or Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, think of, you know, I might be aging myself, but there was that movie Fatal Attraction. I oh, mean, gosh, wasn't that an amazing, the, that one, you just say that and it gives me chills. <laughs> it, well, and that was a definitely. Glenn Close. And definitely Michael Douglas. Right? Michael yeah. Douglas. Yeah, yeah I, I think that that's um, a huge, huge issue in media. I even, like, I have a granddaughter and she still, you know, ha has all these princesses. There isn't just one princess. There isn't just Cinderella nowadays. There's every kind of princess out there. And it always kind of says the same thing. You know, you're looking for someone to complete you, to make and you to feel whole. And to rescue you. Yeah. And to the rescue Prince you. Charming. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with love, but we, you know, in order to really find somebody healthy, we have to feel, we have to have a, a healthy relationship with ourselves. If we're picking mm -hmm. toxic people, it may be that we have a toxic relationship with ourselves. So there's, it's many, it's not one, one size fits all. Like you said, Cynthia, there could be a lot of different reasons that we end up in these relationships. But the most, you know, the most important thing is if you do think you're with someone who's toxic, definitely pick up my free quiz. It's at sherrygaba.com or take my quiz, sherrygaba.com forward slash NP quiz, and they'll get a free ebook on narcissistic partners and obsessive love. And they'll have a quiz again, sherrygaba.com forward slash NP quiz. 
And you also have a membership coaching program too, the Wake Up Recovery. Um, so I do, I do, get, I do. And for your listeners, I'm, I'm offering it for a dollar. You know, there's nothing more um, helpful is to be with other people going through what you're going through. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a single mom, I went to a single parent group. When I was with an alcoholic, I went to a families of alcoholic group. Well, this is a group for people who think that they may be a love addict or in a toxic relationship. And it's a beautiful tribe. We do online coaching and we have a a great course in there. It's just a treasure trove of resources. And it's a dollar for your listeners. It's at wakeuprecovery.com forward slash IG1. Wakeuprecovery.com forward slash IG1. IG1. And uh, we'll give out those websites again at the end. Thank you. So uh, you also talk about love bombing. Could you describe that? Because I think that really gives a, um, I have a great image of that. (laughs) So you think of somebody that comes off really strong and they say to you on the first date, oh my God, you're the one, you're my soulmate. I want to be with you. You're the greatest thing. I've never met anybody like you. And, you know, they're, they're calling you all the time and they're sending you flowers and they're texting you. And it's like totally over the top. Mm-hmm. That is a sure sign you probably are dealing with somebody that's toxic because what they're trying to do is they're trying to manipulate you so that, yes. you know, want to be with them. So they're going to send you gifts and they're going to tell you that you're the greatest thing since salami. I love everything about you. I want you. They're going to, but you'll know that they're toxic when you try to set a boundary. When you set a boundary with someone who's love bombing you and you say no and you don't spend the time with them that they want you to spend or you don't do what they're asking you to do and they and they and they uh, give you a hard time you know you're with somebody toxic well it, or what about narcissists because um <laughs> i think that uh, anybody who's a narcissist is also going to be uh, in a toxic relationship because they're just all about themselves Right. So there's a lot of uh, noise out there about narcissism. And I don't want to, you know, say that every, every toxic person is a narcissist. The real definition of a narcissist is someone who has no empathy. Their brain is incapable of seeing another point of view. But you could be with someone who has narcissistic traits. And yes, it's all about them. But, you know, but they're smooth and they know how to get you. They know how to manipulate you. That's that's their game, you know, and the truth is they're coming from their own wounds. They're coming from their own abandonment issues. So if they can, they want your attention. They want what we call narcissistic supply. They want what they can get and they want it. And they're going to say and do whatever they can. So, yes, narcissists are definitely in the ca- in the category. And I think love addicts are very um, susceptible and vulnerable to narcissists. So, so um, then if, if you are in a relationship like that, how do you get out of it? How do you break free? So the first thing I just want to say that people are on this call listening to you today, you, you have some awareness. That's a really good start. Definitely check out my quiz. Definitely check out my free ebook. Definitely check out my membership. But the most important thing is develop a relationship with yourself. Learn how to connect with yourself. Learn how to self learn how to be alone with yourself, Uh, you know, take the time to get to know you, heal that toxic relationship you have with yourself, really, you know, get to know your shadow side, your dark side, you have to go through some of that pain, you might have to uncover some early childhood stuff, make sure you find the right therapist like myself who works in trauma, you don't want just anybody to take you on that journey. Um, And you're in the, you know, you're in the right place just by being here right now and learning all about it. Well, I loved the quote from Lucille Ball. I have an everyday religion that works for me. Love yourself first and everything else falls into line. I thought that I, I love think that. 
Yeah, I think that quote just says it all. You also talk about um, the law of attraction, which to me is, I feel like I've always said what you think about and talk about comes about. So that's right. That's right. So if you're going around saying, oh, I'm too old, no one's going to want me, there are not enough men out there, I'm never going to meet anybody, then you're just telling the universe to not bring you anybody. But if you allow the universe and believe and have faith that there's somebody great on their way, but it starts with you, having a great relationship with you, being in situations that are high vibration, doing things that you love, like you know, me looking at my grandchildren on my phone, you know, looking at the picture. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And again, you know, that may have nothing to do with bringing in a soulmate, but you're in a very high vibration. You know, go in the water. I took up outrigger canoeing. That that attracts positivity. Just, you know, again, I'm not saying you can't acknowledge when you're going through a hard time or you're discouraged or you haven't met someone. Okay, acknowledge it and then and then start believing and start allowing and you shall receive. That's what mm-hmm. the law of attraction says. And so you're doing great now, right? <laughs> I am. I'm doing fantastic. You know, I, it's been a bumpy road. Um, I am in a relationship presently and we'll, well, it's kind of early to tell, but I, I'm, I learned, you know, how to be more discerning and I learned how to take my time and I learned. And you learned what you don't want, right? I mean, and are you oh, trusting sure. your gut now? That's the, I think that's an important part. It's just really trusting but, yeah, the, that inner yeah. voice. And a lot of people don't. They second-guess themselves. And that's why if they had a rough start, they really do need to work with someone to really un- unleash all that old stuff so they can actually really listen to their inner voice because it doesn't lie. You know, we have a magnificent GPS system right inside of us. Um, but also, again, slowing it down, being discerning, uh, getting to know someone, not getting physical right away, um, not, you know, not getting attached to the outcome, not living in fantasy. You know, you don't want to go in that fantasy world, making someone something that there may not be. Um, and that's that's kind of how I do it. Uh, well, it sounds great. And you also, you know, you also uh, in your book, Love Smack, talk about spirituality. And I also I love the quote that you um, reference from Wayne Dyer, who, um, you know, rest his soul. He's been on the show a, a few times before mm-hmm. he went to the, the great sky. Um, but if yeah. fear is talking to God, then intuition is God talking to you. And I thought, you know, if we could all just embrace that, that is really smart. Well, with Valentine's Day being coming right up, what do you think of dating apps? And then we'll wrap it up and give your websites again. Okay. Well, digital dating is a whole a whole other thing. You have to learn how to navigate. If you're struggling with love addiction and obsessive love, you got to heal that wound first because it can be very triggering. You know, with, dig- with digital dating, you've got ghosting, you've got people that, you know, um, catfishing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. You can also meet someone. There's, it only takes one. So I'm certainly not trying to discourage anyone, but make sure you're feeling really whole within yourself. Otherwise, it can be a really triggering experience being on those apps. What excellent, excellent advice. Uh, Sherry Gaba, that, this is wonderful. Let's give out your websites again. Remember, she's offering a free ebook, uh, Narcissistic Partners and Obsessive Love ebook, and there's a quiz and that's at sherrygaba.com, N as in Nancy, P as in Paul, quiz. And it is S-H-E-R-R-Y-G-A-B-A.com, N-P, quiz. And then you can also become, um, get into her membership coaching program, keep you on 
you know, just help you get over any codependency or love attraction or anything that is happening for you. And that's at wakeuprecovery.com forward slash, uh, is it G1, LG1? I didn't write that right. Oh, it's IG1. IG1. Yeah. Okay. That one, that's what I couldn't see. That IG1. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style Be the Star You Are. I am so glad that you healed your inner child and that you're enjoying your uh, daughter and your grandchild and that you are in a love relationship and doing really well. So happy, happy love day to you and and happy love year, right? Yeah. Thank be you safe and much. healthy. Thank you so much. Okay. SherryGaba.com. Go to NP Quiz. This is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. When we come back from the break, you're going to meet an astounding, fantastic teen who is a volunteer with Be the Star You Are, and she just won a major New York Times essay contest out of 11,000 global entries oh you will you'll love it uh don't go away i'll be right back be the star you are the star you are be the star you are you are the star business bites here's cynthia bryan the symptoms that your business may be sick? Well, here are a few of the signs. You're spending more time trying to get new clients than you are serving the clients you already have. And even though you've purchased every sales training and marketing approach out there, you still can't get your business to the level you think it should be. Your sales closing rate is less than 50% and you have a higher turnover among your sales reps than you should. You're working far more hours than you should for the results you're getting. Your margins are shrinking due to price pressures or increasing costs. You're having trouble recruiting new employees and again, you have turnover. You feel like you're dropping behind your competitors in innovation or customer satisfaction. The investments you've made in your business are not creating the ROI that you expected. And all your employees are quote unquote busy, but little seems to be getting done to move your business forward. You don't have a steady stream of qualified, committed prospects. You start projects, but you don't finish them and you tend to jump from one to another. Or you start blaming others for problems of your business rather than accepting full responsibility and you haven't found a successfully way to differentiate your unique value to your target audience. You're consistently worrying and thinking about your business, and you might be a slave to it, even when you are at home with your family and leisure. Your personal health and wellness will probably suffer. You might gain weight, lose energy, or have trouble sleeping, and you'll definitely be stressed out. If any of these symptoms are happening to you or your company, it's time to get some help. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you
The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we are back, and the power party has been going on. Thank you so much for staying with me. I am so excited for our guest now. Ruhani Shabra is a teen Be The Star You Are volunteer. She is a reporter and host on Express Yourself Teen Radio, and she has just won a major award with the New York Times for an essay contest, her personal essay contest that she did. And she's going to talk to us today about that competition. She's actually going to read the piece. And then she has a wonderful announcement because she is going to be starting a, um, a writing program called Writing with the Stars through Be the Star You Are, which is going to be free for kids ages 7 to 12. Ruhani, welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. It's so great to be on here. Well, it is such my pleasure, and I'm so excited because I am so proud of you and for <laughs> you. This has been really exciting. You are you are just a stellar student, and, and you're such a great person. But you've uh-huh. won a lot of different uh, awards. You have many prestigious awards, and I am just now learning about them. But let's talk about the one that just happened in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. the New York Times Personal Narrative Contest. You are one of eight winners out of 11,000 global submissions. That is, I mean, to me, I, I am just blown away by that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how you got going on it? Yeah, of course. So um, I found the contest online and they basically said to write about an important incident in your life. So there's a couple I wanted to choose from and most of them were pretty happy. So the original idea I had was to write about my first concert. But then I decided to think as a reader and I felt that writing about the airport incident, which I'll read later, is much more poignant and much more meaningful and impactful. So usually I'm a fiction writer and writing this was a bit different and difficult because it's a true story and you have all these repressed memories that surface back. And it was very therapeutic because you get to reflect on your past experiences and put it in like a little story and it was really cute. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask is if it was cathartic, because it is actually a traumatic experience. And when you say, Ruhani, you wanted to think like a reader, what were you thinking? What were you thinking that a reader would want to read? Yeah, definitely. So I felt that the airport incident was a lot more meaningful than maybe writing about you know, going to a concert, some like happy little incident that happened back in middle school. I felt that there was a lot of people that could unfortunately relate to feeling stigmatized or discriminated against, especially in like airport security. And I knew that in order to have a relatable message come across, it would probably be the best thing to write about. Uh, you know, that was really smart. And especially in what is happening in our political um environs today, your piece mm. really hit, I think, a, a chord. There was just so much racial racial inequities out there mm. and so much discrimination. So would you um, be so kind as to read it? It is called TSA and Cinnamon Buns, and this is the award-winning piece by Ruhani. TSA and Cinnamon Buns. You're going to have to take that thing off, sir. Yet another TSA officer had just arrived. I cast a nervous glance at my father, who was extremely calm, even as he explained, for the third time, that he couldn't unwrap the turban on his head. One, it would take too long to put back on. Secondly, it was against his fate. The sentence hung heavily in the cinnamon-scented air. I resisted the urge of running through the metal detectors, shoes on and everything. Make no mistake, I didn't want to be embarrassed about my religion. In Sikhism, dignity is as fundamental as the turban. But when you're 12 years old, awkward, pimply, and painfully aware of the stares and mutterings from speedy holiday travelers, it's hard to muster that pride. It shouldn't have turned out like this. My father and I had embarked on an impromptu trip, surprised relatives, and the events resembled a Charlie Brown Christmas special until we reached that dreaded corner of the airport. To distract myself, I concentrated on the sugary aroma coming from the diner in the terminal. We always ate there before our flights. I loved their cinnamon buns. I associated a peculiar sense of freedom with those baked goods. Their sweet taste meant we'd finish with security, freed of scrutiny. Having brown skin and a head covering means you're basically begging for a random TSA check. I figured that out around the same age that I learned how to put on an airplane seatbelt on my own. However, this demand was significantly worse. Still, I wanted him to comply, wanted to rid myself of the scathingness of being different. My father, who knew he would forever be considered different from the moment he walked into this country, persisted. He'd been to this airport before and they let him have his turban scanned instead of removing it. What could have changed? It's the holiday season, the palest officer said, rolling his eyes. Security is tighter. Just make a decision. Can't you see your little girls waiting too? If I was embarrassed before, it was nothing compared to now. With all eyes on me, I wanted to shrink to the ground. I had always feared the possibility of such humiliating precautions imposed on my father, and I'd always thought I would speak up. Even a simple don't talk to him that way would suffice. Yet I looked up, turned to my father, and said, just take it off. And the way he sighed let me know that I had won. It was a rather haunting victory. Perhaps I'm being too harsh on my younger self. 
After all, I was severely insecure and surrounded by a year's worth of schoolyard ignorance. So why does your dad wear that rag? Which morphed into my buried shame, and it took a while to realize I had to dispel it. It took me even longer to learn how. In the years to come, I discovered the cathartic space of transcribing my feelings onto paper. At that moment, though, I simply internalized everything. The embarrassment, the confusion, and most of all, the gnawing guilt. I watched impassively as my father removed his turban. Every layer of meaningful fabric peeled away in front of a whole crowd. The officers, circling him like angry piranhas, took one long look and then dismissed us. It was over, or so I thought. My father, never one to hold a grudge, still bought me some cinnamon buns. I took them onto the flight and looked out the window at the bright blue American sky, wondering why they didn't taste as sweet as before. Mm. I have chills, Ruhani. <laughs> Thank so you. how did you feel? This, that is absolutely spectacular. I can totally see how it won an award. How did you feel when you were writing it? You had to bring up these memories that were obviously painful. Yeah, it was a really great moment for self-reflection, I feel. Obviously, I'd felt guilty all these years. And then by writing it, I realized how young I really was, even though it's like only four or five years ago. It's still... I've changed a lot as a person since then. And by writing it, it's kind of crediting myself for that growth of being able to finally, you know, kind of own up to it and realize that it's not only my fault, it's just the way some things are. And to confront it head on is better than just trying to shy it away. Well, that is so, that's perfectly, perfectly stated. Now you have been writing, you have said, since you were, as soon as you could write, in fact, <laughs> You published your first novel, The Karras Family, when you were only 10 years old. And then again, you have won all kinds of awards. You just uh, won a Scholastic Art Writing Foundation Award. You've, you know, you just won this essay, you've Golden Keys. And now you're going to do something that is so exciting for young people. You, yeah. are, you have a curriculum, Writing with the Stars. Tell us about that. We're going to launch it through Be the Star You Are. And tell us what you're going to do. Well, it's going to feature a fun and really engaging curriculum that makes sure uh, to let young children pursue their imaginative ideas and really expertly convey them on paper. So classes will be held bi-weekly on Saturdays for two hours and one week for ages seven to nine and the other for ages 10 to 12. And the best thing is that everything is free of charge. And I will personally be teaching these lessons, and each week we'll have a different one, either centering on poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, personal narratives, etc. And I make sure um, for people to learn different styles and genres, and I feel like at this age it's really important to learn how to read the work out loud, receive critique, and also give critique, because all of those things make you a stronger writer. And... Also, I wanted to give tips and tricks on how to structure novel writing and short stories, really working on expanding vocabulary and giving children diverse prompts to get those creative juices flowing. This is so, I mean, this is really going to be fantastic. So I want people, I, we'll be getting that up on the website at bethestarur.org. It'll also be at btsya.org. So people will be able to find it. 
And if you don't subscribe to the Be The Star You Are newsletter, go to one of those websites and um, get the get on our newsletter because we will have those details in the newsletter, which will be coming out next week. Ruhani, I know this is a passion project for you because this is something, I mean, you really love writing and you. Uh, this is something that you want to do as uh, as a career, right? Just you would like, you would like to live in the Italian countryside with a bunch <laughs> of puppies and, and write and and be a journalist. Tell us a little bit more about your aspirations. Right, of course. You know, for a long time, I thought you know moving to Europe and just writing books for a living seems great, but you know, this past year, I realized after, you know, tutoring a couple people that I really enjoy teaching. And whether that be like as a professor or maybe a teacher or even in the future where I can give like these writing workshops, it would just be a great career for me. And of course, I like to do other things on the side, you know, maybe write more novels or, you know, anything involving writing, really. I was thinking maybe marketing even, you know, writing for brands seems really cool. Anything that I can utilize my skills and also learn new ones along the way. Well, and there are going to be uh, new skills that will be growing all the time. And I know that you're working on a website too, which once we get this writing course and curriculum up, yeah. we, mm -hmm. will, uh, we, we will um, promote that so that people can find it. But it's going to be called Writing with the Stars, an online creative writing workshop for kids 7 to 12. And it's hosted by Express Yourself radio host and New York Times personal narrative contest oh. winner, as well as the winner of many other awards, uh, Ruhani Shabra. And uh, you want to start it at the end of February or the beginning of March, it sounds like. Yep, that would be perfect. Is um, that what we're shooting for? Okay, yeah, that definitely. sounds that sounds great. And also, I just want to announce that Ruhani is also participating in the International Earth Gratitude Festival that will be happening around um, Earth Day, the weekend of Earth Day, uh, April 22nd for the whole weekend. And we will have more details on that. But she has made a beautiful video with another one of her writing, which is poetry. So I know that's probably something you're going to cover in your writing class as well would be poetry, right? Definitely. Poetry is a great outlet. I love it. And it's so much different than writing a story, but I feel like it's not necessarily harder. I know some people view it that way. I used to view it, but I feel poetry is just such a simple way to express your thoughts. Well, this is fantastic. Ruhani, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, to share not only this beautiful, beautiful award-winning essay from the New York Times that, uh, that awarded you this, but also that it's so exciting that you're going to be doing this curriculum, this online creative writing workshop for free, Writing with the Stars, because we are Be the Star You Are, and Ruhani, you are totally a star. So thank you so much, and make sure you listen to Ruhani every Sunday, or most Sundays, 3 p.m. on Express Yourself Teen Radio. You can listen right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Well, Ruhani, I have to go. I have to wrap up this show, so 
Thank you for being on. Thank you to all our great listeners for allowing us into your life every Wednesday live, 4 to 5 p.m. Make sure you're always tuned to Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth success coach. There's always going to be expert advice, some fun, some success from renowned authors and other experts. I call them success experts from around the globe. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, make a donation, or just find out what's happening, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being and know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life because that's all we have. And try to read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And until next Wednesday, when we play again here on the Star Style Playground, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, encouraging you, to be the star you are, be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week, dream, create, inspire, make a difference and have a beautiful, happy Valentine's Day. Remember, love does make the world go round. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.